1: Hello everyone and welcome to Journey to Success Radio. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation Certified Instructor, uh, the founder of Journey to Success Radio and the creator of the Journeys to Success uh, book series. Um, you can find out more about me and the radio show at uh, journeytosuccessradio.com. Uh, we have an amazing guest today, uh, Mick Mick uh, Lexington. Sorry about that. He uh, started his career uh, started his career writing advertising copy for clients including Panasonic and Harley Davidson. Very cool. During that time, Mick uh, also wrote fiction, taking classes and participating in workshops with literary personalities such as. S.L. Stievel, Catherine Ryan Hyde, Barnaby Conrad. Ooh, Ray Bradbury Recognize that name. Rick uh, wrote numerous articles for the New York Press on art, music, and culture uh, before creating the TV series uh, Shanghai, Shanghai, which is now in pre-production. In contrast to the big-budget uh, production, uh, the one Shanghai, Shanghai that Mick is writing and producing, the independent film uh Mr. Jack based on the novel he wrote of the same name uh welcome to the show
0: uh, welcome Tom uh, welcome I should say thank you Tom now welcome and it's good to be back
1: yeah i rem I remember Shanghai Shanghai from when we spoke before uh but now you have this new film mr Jack yeah uh, how what is Mr. Jack about and how does it uh, relate to the success principles of Napoleon Hill. Well,
0: what it basically—the uh, basic premise behind the story—is that uh, when we are not true to our own self-nature, it really comes back to destroy all that which we cherish in life. So it's really about being true to one's own uh, one's own purpose within the, the universe. Uh, it's a story of an artist by the of, by the name of Val Shepard who on the eve of his breakthrough show uh, basically sabotages and bugs out of his career, leaves, and he's uh, not ready to cope with any sort of um, attention or any sort of uh, – he's not doesn't believe he is worthy of the uh, happiness and the success that's about to be bestowed on him. So he leaves New York and then several months later returns, tries to – recapture his life and finds out that life has gone on without him and that in not being true to one's own nature, he ends up, uh, like I say, uh, destroying all that which he cherishes.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and is, this is based on what, a novel, a novel that you wrote previously, right?
0: Based on the novel I wrote of the same name and pretty much after the novel was completed the uh Shanghai project started kicking up and we started getting some attention on that and a lot of my uh, a lot of my creative effort went into that and that was the first project i ever wrote for uh that was going to be produced on screen or on um uh not the the primary means of delivery was not going to be the, the written word it was going to be uh, produced and filmed and acted out so, um, like I say my attention went into uh, Shanghai, Shanghai, and now that that's pretty safe in um, pre-production. They're starting to do things such as build sets right now in Taipei, and we've gotten some interesting people signed on with that. Uh, we turned to uh, Mr. Jack, and I realized, you know, probably the best vehicle to tell this story is not the written word and the novel, is to actually go back and revisit the uh Uh, writing for the screen, which I just had a a few years' experience in uh, working on the Shanghai Project, which is where we're at now. So uh, as opposed to being the novel that pretty much only made it to um, uncorrected proofs uh, and uh, kind of stalled right before we were going to put it into publication, going back now and, um, like I say, reworking it for the screen.
1: Nice. Now, as you know, of course... uh... Uh, being a fan of Napoleon Hill, uh, there's 17 success 17 success principles, but the first four are kind of in order of importance and the rest are random in their order of importance. But the second one is the mastermind principle. And yeah. the mastermind principle applies in any major project or purpose. Uh, and, of course, any time you're filming a movie, that is a fairly uh, big project. Uh, who are you masterminding with and working with to uh, make sure this is you know, as good a project as you can be? As I said, the uh, mastermind concept is enormously important. It was one of, if not the most important principle that Andrew Carnegie, uh, the third or fourth wealthiest person who ever lived, used. And so you have to do it on your projects as well. So who are you working with?
0: That's a good question. Um, the core production team is myself, uh, and I found some. I found two very, uh, how could I put? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, enthusiastic and energetic individuals that I'm working with. Uh, cinematographer by the name of Hendrik Meyer, who um, would be doing all the uh, principal photography, and a brilliant young director by the name of Elsa Levetsky. Uh, we met at a. Um, it was a screenwriter's. Um, networking event and started talking, found out I had a couple of projects that I was looking for someone to work with. She had a couple of projects she needed a, uh, a writer to, um, to work on, and um, we, I like I say, pretty much partnered up on this. And I find that uh, throughout my career, I can count the number of people on one hand that have her amount of enthusiasm, intelligence, and creativity. And uh, I think there's a little bit of a feeding off each other as far as uh, uh, when I see – when I present something and I see her take on it and how she perceives it's going to be appearing on the screen, it really uh, uh, inspires me to just work that much harder on it then. Neat.
1: Wow. Now, uh, when I'm looking over your bio, I think, wow, the talent and skill needed for – writing advertising copy, and then uh, writing you wrote uh, for on art, music, and culture, and now you're in uh, TV and movie production. Um, those skill sets are fairly different. Uh, how did you come about uh, such a unique skill set?
0: Well, they are fairly different as far as what they're... Um their means of delivery, but the, the common thread between all of them, and I've always said this about myself as a writer, uh, before I'm a writer, I'm a storyteller. And that's mm. really what's happening in all these. When you're writing a copy for an ad, you're telling a very a story. M- mind you, it may be a very short, direct story, but it still is a story. And in, in the uh, TV series Shanghai, Shanghai, not only do we structure that each episode, uh, in a three-act structure. Each season is being written in a, um, a three-act story structure. So we have uh, 12 little mini-stories, st- but they actually go on to create uh, a larger arc, a larger story arc. And as I say, that's the uh, the, the common thread between all of those.
1: Neat. Uh, well, and that was kind of the purpose behind my Journeys uh, to Success book series uh, fourth volume released last Sunday I'll Become Number One Amazon Best Sellers is to let people tell their stories. Uh, So many times when I speak uh, uh, wherever I speak and then I speak to audience members after they have incredible stories and when you can uh, find great stories and share them with other people uh, as you know you can move them emotionally and you can get action taken and there's all kinds of things that come as a result of uh, telling a good story and usually about great people as well and so uh, it all starts with telling a story however you're going to do it advertising might be a shorter story a book might be a longer story TV is a much longer story but in, in the end they're all different uh, stories uh, how is this different than um, all the other projects you've uh, been involved to this
0: well, the big difference between, um, you know, I look at the two major projects I have on right now, which is Shanghai, Shanghai, and Mr. Jack, and the difference in these two is that Shanghai, Shanghai uh, is a um, multi-international effort, which is being uh, coordinated between the United States, Canada, England, and Taipei. Uh, it has a lot of moving parts, and uh, my original vision and and story, as we just mentioned, um, although that is Getting, um, getting through and getting portrayed. It has to go through a lot of channels and it's getting um, a, lot of, um, a lot of hands on it before the, uh, until, before the original message gets out. So there's a little bit of dilution there. Whereas a project like Mr. Jack and one of the, the avenues we're going to, um, to fund this is we're looking at uh, not only investors, but also crowdfunding. So we are able to create to keep a lot of control over the actual story over the product we 're not looking to um, we 're not looking to manufacture a story that is going to be not manufactured to to induce an audience or to please an audience now that 's not saying that we don 't have a product or a uh, a production that is going to be pleasing than that but we 're not looking at that as the the main goal. The first goal is to tell a good story the first goal is to put out a nice uh, creative piece of art and then let the audience appreciate that as opposed to looking at the audience as the target that we want to write or design for. Hmm. Amazing.
1: Uh, that's a route that um, uh, there. at this point there's a Think and Grow Rich the movie is in pre-production or even production I guess at this point. Uh, but they had a crowdfunding uh, campaign raised a a fair good amount of money for that and um, it's uh, going to be shown mostly uh, uh, on computers and mobile devices but uh, the independent route and the crowdfunding is uh, very popular for movies uh, these days, isn't it?
0: Right, well one of the philosophies we uh, have, and I say we, it's myself and the rest of the production team is that the um, there's a growing number of individuals who are enabling the independent artist to actually deliver their their message, to, to deliver their art through this means and um crowdfunding is a big part of that where um you know the um it's it happened a long I wouldn't say a long but several years ago it began happening in music where you didn't need the big record companies anymore. Uh the uh the young independent artists could um uh, you know get together in their garage or their bedroom uh produce a very slick sound and be able to deliver it to their fans uh, via the internet and you're able to when you're able to peel away these uh, these layers of um, extra layers of production and just really they um, they 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 they, they really bog down the creative idea you get a much uh, cleaner fresher energetic product out to the uh, to the audience
1: Right, right, right. I see that, and at a much uh, smaller budget, and with way less interference from uh, uh, a lot of less interference it.
0: From, well, a lot of less interference from the people who think they know what it should be. Now, no one knows right. more than what. No one knows more what the uh, that the end result should be than either the musician, the filmmaker, the artist, the painter, the writer, whatever. Okay. Now unfortunately, right. when you have to have something that's a big budget funded, you're going to have somebody that's coming in and human nature, as with anyone, as soon as I give you X amount of dollars, well, I'm going to want some say as to how that happens and I'm going to have my opinion on how it happens. The um, The artist should always have an idea of what they are delivering and they should be able to do that as unadulterated as possible. Now, that's not to say that the uh, recipient, the viewer, the listener, whoever it may be, may have their own take on what that is, but that should be – and that's their right to have that. And there is no wrong or right answer with that, but the artist should be left alone to be able to deliver his unadulterated message to the viewer or the listener with as few layers as possible.
1: Exactly, exactly, and leave it to the audience to decide from there. Exactly. Uh, now, uh, when you worked with those amazing literary personalities, was there any common traits uh, among them? Uh you know, the number one success principle of Napoleon Hill is definiteness of purpose. Uh, yes. When you are that famous of an author or a writer or a literary personality and you're making your full-time living at it, uh, often it has to be more than just a talent; it has to be a passion.
0: Right, and I, I, one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, and as you say, definiteness of purpose I think is very strong. It has to be definiteness of in in a work of art or a work of literary art or any any pursuit, film, whatever it may be. Uh, I believe really in that uh, definiteness of. Message. And I don't want to necessarily message uh, with a, you know, make it sound too grandiose, but there's got to be an idea. You can't just create and expect. Um, I don't, I think it's a cop out to create something. And then at, if the creator is asked them, you know, what does this mean? Or what is this about? Just to say, well, what does it mean to you? That's not, that's, that's a cop out. And you're putting the responsibility <laughs> in, on the, uh, on, on the viewer where you have to take responsibility for your own art.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and if you can't identify what it's about and leave it there, then how is the reader, watcher, listener ever going to figure it out?
0: And I think that's one of the you know, common traits that we're talking about there when we talk about people such as uh, Barnaby Conrad or Ray Bradbury, that there is that definiteness of um, – of you know a theme of story of what's going to be you know what we're doing you know, who you're telling to, another uh, common trait is that um, to be able to um, uh, express these ideas via the the means that you're the means you're working with and what I mean by that is there's an old adage in writing which says show don't tell and what you mean by that is um, it's very it can be very easy to um, um, basically, put a, a list together of conditions or of the um, descriptions of what are happening, whereas you know embellish it some bring something out in it don 't just say someone is angry, show them doing an angry act don 't say someone 's happy show them in, a, uh, in, a, uh, in in that surrounding or in that setting so that 's uh, i think one uh, one common sort of um trait that all um, all good writing teachers have.
1: Exactly. Uh, now, I probably asked you this uh, when I first interviewed you, but uh, tell me about your history with Think and Grow Rich. Who uh, introduced it to you? What did you think about it the first time you read about it, and how has it affected your life since then?
0: Well, my my uh, experience with it has been a little bit, uh, I would call it a little bit through osmosis and what i mean by that is that it it wasn't necessarily one sort of uh, you know one one uh, epiphany or one or one grand moment where the uh, the the clouds parted and a ray of light came from the sky it was being aware of it through uh, b- being aware of this of the, of the philosophy and the uh the um uh, what to say mode of thinking if that's sound if that's correct uh through uh, through other means. Through other individuals such as um um uh, trying to remember the names now. Who's the buddy that you shared the stage with that
1: um Chopra?
0: Yes, 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 exactly. And um, and also through um uh through studying Eastern religion uh a fair bit. And one thing that I like to bring back into the um the think and grow rich um Napoleon Hill methodology is the um ideas of um uh, quantum physics, where that and what I mean by this is that the universe doesn't exist without mind coming into it. You know, there's it's kind of a chicken and egg sort of thing. Is the universe exist because we 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 think it's there, or do we think it's there because it exists? And mm. this is a little bit um, you know about the uh, the whole ideology of um, you know the think and grow rich. Whereas I very, very firmly believe that thoughts become reality. You know, there's right. the, um, there's. Yeah, you know, there's that whole philosophy that the um, uh, that film that everybody talks about, The Secret, that mm. kind of tries to oversimplify it a bit. And it's you know there, and I'm not giving it justice by saying it, but it's kind of the idea that if I just sit in my living room and imagine hundred dollar bills piling up on my coffee table, it'll happen. Well, it's there's right. there's a few there's a few steps between that. You know, if I. Right you yeah, know if if i put myself in a mindset where i make myself uh, where i make or make myself available to that and what i mean by that is that i have to uh, you know i have to actually go out and i actually have to put the effort in and i have to put myself in a uh, in a frame of mind in a state of mind where i uh, where i want to attain that
1: right right my wife calls me the word "police" because I'm very diligent <laughs> about the words I use and the words she uses and
0: oh the uh, uh, the, the spoken uh, word is, the spoken word is very powerful
1: exactly if you're, if you're and mostly, how
0: much you, how much mostly of the person you you're listening there.
1: to is yeah you're listening to yourself, so anytime you say something, your brain is trying to figure out a way to make that come true, and then of course. Uh, Napoleon Hill, thoughts are things. That's the very start of the book. Thoughts are things. Right. And so right. sixty you know, thousand thoughts a day. You gotta manage those and you gotta manage all your words as well.
0: And we don't even you know, the uh, the subconscious mind is constantly working at this and we don't even realize how much of it um we don't even realize how much of of, of an effect it has on us. But when you start to real when you start to look at then uh, uh things on the quantum level and you realize that on the uh, on the level of the very small which is what we are all made of how this um uh, you know the um the this the idea of observation is actually the reason that we're here ah. cuz we're there's a there's a really interesting um experiment that was done back in the 1910s or the 1920s called the double slit experiment. am not sure if you're familiar with it or not, but in essence what yeah. happened is they um they took a take a look at this. I'll send you the link to some uh literature on this after the afterwards, but i just give you a little bit of a description. In, in essence, these uh physicists did this experiment where it could have had um they they couldn't explain why uh, a photon was behaving a particular way. So what they, 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 they realized is that the, um, when they were not observing it, it had a random behavior. So they began observing these photons and realized when they re- observed them, they had a very structured behavior. And this is pretty much the essence of the um, of the experiment. When we observe something, when we're conscious of it, it has a very specific behavior. Yet when we're not aware of it, when we don't observe it, it has um random possibilities mm-hmm. so random what does that tell us? That tells us that we have that tells us on the quantum level that all things are possible, and that through the idea through the act of observation, through the act of observing or through the act of as we said a moment ago, the spoken word focusing our consciousness, we take this world of possibilities and we focus it and we use it to our um to not just to our betterment, but to the uh, to 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 a grander grander scheme of betterment.
1: Right, grander scheme of betterment. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty was... fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have to well, listen you, to this.
0: Yeah, that just kind of came off the cuff there. Don't even know if that was proper for, English. For, you know, <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I'm taking it. I
1: might even claim it as my own soon. <sighs> Very cool. So uh, always, uh, and maybe for a younger audience, don't know or our younger people, I don't know how old you are, but, uh, um, often the choices uh, that uh, people make in this age because it's so much easier to be creative and artistic, a lot of times parents don't always uh, see the value. They prefer to see something more... Uh, diploma like and uh hanging on a wall and uh, uh was that ever a challenge in your own life?
0: Yes, with, very much so. And um I was born in a middle America in a Midwestern town and a um, smaller smaller town with a small town mentality and the whole idea there was you know to um to get a good job and to be well, it really is centered around one thing is to be safe. And I really think it's why a lot of parents uh, and and people that are responsible for the careers of younger people uh, really stress that the um, the whole idea to uh, to find a job in a career where you're going to be safe. And uh, so that's why things such as the uh, you know the creative disciplines are the creative um, um, area. Uh, the, the, Using a, a creative means to create to, to make your living is really sort of I don't want to say frowned upon, but it's not encouraged in certain environments because it's just not known, it's just not seen. And I really had to um, uh, leave my hometown. I first moved to Paris, and then London, then San Francisco before New York City, and took a little bit of time, sort of settling down to realize what I wanted to do and where I wanted to do it. But once I did, I felt uh, very happy and very confident, and really had a, a break away. From uh, the confines of my uh, of my home of where uh, I was born and raised, and um, didn't know it at the time, but really that was in a way um, enabling the Napoleon Hill philosophy there, where I was uh, I had to look at what my conditions were, and I had to um, I had to change them, and I had to take control of that, and I had to take responsibility. I knew it wasn't going to happen where I was, uh, who I was with, who I was associating with. So I had a break free from
1: that amen and often you have to do that and uh boy uh, uh forget recently was like in the last six months i read the statistics about the odds of immigrants becoming millionaires versus people born in canada or the u.s and boy they uh that's a whole new opportunity for them they have to leave their country oftentimes with barely nothing even a family friend of ours uh, from church a couple. Uh, came here with like fourteen dollars in their pocket, and so often uh, when you go somewhere and leave the confines of where you were born and raised, uh, often results really happen. You are forced to take action and uh, not look back, and, and it. often it's the best thing, right?
0: This is it. You say you know, forced to take action. You really moved away from out of your comfort zone. You know, you you know that's I'm. I'm going to quote somebody who I don't know who it is and I'm going to really mess up the quote, but there's a, you know, um, a thought that, you know, every day do something that scares the hell out of you. (laughs) So that way you're always always moving forward a little bit. You're always putting yourself out of that comfort zone because you're not going to learn when you're in that. um, You're not going to learn while you're there. You're not going to grow. You're not going to prosper. You've got to be able to, um, uh, you've got to have some conditions that are going to make you want to strike out. You know, when, you know, comfort, does not really um, afford uh, innovation. <laughs> right. You know, innovation, right? Right, exactly. It comes, from, it comes from when we when we need to uh, we need to counteract something that's um, annoying us or uh, in in some way. You know. Humans are probably the most uh, one of the most adaptable creatures ever ever. To, to be on the planet when you think of it you know the, the different environments that they live in the different um um stresses that they've uh, encountered and it's because of that uh that they're able to do it because they've actually you know move out you move out of that comfort zone you have to yeah i've got to invent the winter coat or i've got to put shoes or i've got to do you know build houses yeah. in, in different environments so this all comes from uh this all comes from that
1: right exactly exactly yeah uh, Stephen pressfield uh Wow, he turned down an interview with me and then sent me a case of all his books. Uh, pretty cool. But he talks about a lot about the the, the major part of being an artist and an artistic is work. Uh, if you're a writer, you just sit down every day and you write. Whether you feel like it, whether it's a good day, whether it's a bad day, whether, whatever the reason, you sit down and you work at it. And so well, put in the, uh, put in uh, the
0: hours, put in the flight hours. Exactly. You know, sometimes right. uh, if you're to watch me writing, it would be a real interesting observation because you'd probably think it's somebody who's sitting there doing a lot of nothing and occasionally hitting the keyboard. <laughs> because it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, a lot of sitting
1: know. down and thinking, but also writing, put some words on paper.
0: Right. Well, another thing, too, you know, you you mentioned or asked a question a little while ago about, you know, common traits. um, And another one is writing is rewriting. And that's a that's a big trait, especially, you know, when I when I've given workshops to young writers um, or uh, uh, worked with them one on one. And I'll look at a, a first draft or an early manuscript and I'll say, this is a really good start. And then the look on their face just drops from adulation to just like horror. It's like, do you know. How long I've worked on this and how much I've put into it. I'm like, yes, and it's a great start, but you got to realize that writing is rewriting because, really, what we're when you think of it, you're taking this, uh, you're taking these ups, abstract, obscure thoughts that are in our brain and putting them on a page. That in and of itself is a little bit of a is it, it, just is this that practice in and of itself is just uh, is not natural. You know, and then right. You know, to to take something as abstract as a thought and something as concrete as the written page, yeah, you know? and then uh, so it takes a it takes a bit of time to to get that right and to orchestrate it and to get that interplay right as to what you want, and then even to find out what it is actually the uh, the message behind behind what you're writing or the uh, the idea behind what you're writing. Um, Sid Stebel, one of my um uh, great writing teacher, um, a great a um, uh, 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 good friend too. Uh, one of my early um, one of my early professors um you know, always had the philosophy that uh you, you're uh, you 've got to put basically pages and pages and words and words down before you actually uncover all those subconscious layers to get to what it actually is that you're um uh, you 're writing about
1: right right and so often people uh, know when I start writing i uh i'm used to the fewest words as possible and so you really have to expand your vocabulary Uh, you have to expand what you're writing like write about what you were seeing and thinking and feeling at the time and what other people were seeing thinking and feeling and um and so the first time you write something is rarely going to be the best it's when you go back and you look sentence by sentence you're like Oh, I can change three words, and it makes a lot more sense, or it's a lot more uh, emotionally touching, right?
0: Well, there's always then the story of uh, uh, Dylan Thomas, where Dylan was in his studio, and uh, one of his compadres came in one afternoon, and he was there sprawled across his desk, exhausted. And he asked him. He said, "So, Dylan, how did it go today?" And he looked up, and he said, "Pretty good. I got uh, thirteen words." He said, well, "That's good for you," and he looked back and said, "Yes, but I don't know the order they come in." <laughs>
1: So, yeah. <laughs> right right and this is exactly how it is and and then also i'm finding uh because i just uh released the journeys to success millennial edition uh i'm 53 i'm not a millennial i'm finding that uh the way of expressing them uh, uh people expressing themselves in writing is different than how i was taught and so i find that kind of refreshing and to me, when I'm reading these 21 chapters written by millennials, uh, it's more written like how they speak, rather than I was taught to like you know convey a message, but not necessarily the same words as you would use if you were speaking one on one with someone. And that's kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, well, I think it is, and the uh, you know, and that's that's great because the uh, you know, um, every form of art should be constantly evolving. You know, it's 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 not you know it's not it's not stagnating. If not, you know, we'd be still we'd still be doing paintings that uh, cavemen did on walls. If that were the uh, the case, you know, it's it's is. And I know it's a bit of an extreme uh, comparison, but you know, everything is is constantly um, in evolving. And especially now with the um, you know the advent of technology, which really just accelerates the um, the evolution curve.
1: Right, accelerates the evolution curve. Wow, you're really hitting it out of the park today. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Howard <laughs> <A wordsmith. laughs> Nice, uh, amazing. Uh, now, uh, creative people, artistic people, they like to hang around other people and they like to know other people. Uh, what is the best way for I should have done this earlier for people to uh, contact you?
0: to contact me um well through uh through the, my my website which is nyc, or um through uh the site for uh the Mr. Jack film which is mrjackthemovie.com and i'm sure you're going to have links to both of those when you put this out there so um i would say that would be the best that would be the best way through either one of those two sites right now Right.
1: Or uh, and, yeah, uh, and on
0: Facebook, or through there. Facebook, sure. Yep, uh, yep. Uh, always take a look. Um, you can um, search for Mick Lexington on Facebook, and I um, uh, like to be very available, as 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 available as I can be, uh, to um, you know your comment or to um, um, either either positive or negative, or uh, mm-hmm. or just to, to just just to be in touch and drop a line. I encourage anyone yeah, to do. Yeah.
1: You never know where a new connection can bring you. And, you know, there's going to be artistic people uh, in all genres listening to the interview. And uh, as I said, you know, um, I always found that the more people you know that are focused on your purpose and passion, uh, only good can come from that. So uh, feel free know, to contact me. Right. Contact you. you. Yeah, yeah. You never know where it can go. Uh, and if you could be of any assistance to Mick as well, contact him too. So amazing. Uh, yes, also, there'll be a number of one.
0: Go we're ahead. going to be kicking off in in another couple of weeks. We'll be kicking off the crowdfunding campaign. So definitely take a look. We've got some really interesting um, perks that are going to be available. And it's also going to be available on the Mr. Jack uh, website. So uh, some interesting things happening on that. And uh, if I can speak to that for a moment, we've got some um, uh, available um we really want to make the um the audience be able to be a part of the um participant in, in the production one of the things mm-hmm. that we're um, offering is a um a virtual producers uh, board where for um uh, uh, uh you can be actually part of a uh, board of pro- of virtual producers so when our creative team comes up against a um uh, uh, a decision where we're not necessarily 100% in agreement on, we're going to let it out to the board to degree. So you actually can have some uh, influence on the actual, um, on, on some aspects of the filming.
1: That's amazing. That's what the Think and Grow Rich uh, movie producers are doing as well. And what a fascinating and interesting and cool idea. So congratulations. All right. I'm um, doing always that you're up to. So very cool. Uh, as you mentioned, we'll put the links in all the social media posts uh, for you. Uh, people contact Mick. Uh, you never know where a new new mastermind member or a new friend can take you. Have yourself I an amazing day,
0: Mick. Thanks for,
1: thanks for joining me.
0: You too, Tom. Thanks again. Appreciate the invite. Always great to be back here. And um, speak soon, and thank you again. Have an amazing day. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of Journey to Success Radio. If you or anyone you know would like to be interviewed for the show, email Tom at TomTooTall.com for details. you